Welcome to Money MD, where the money doctors are in the house. We're giving out prescriptions for better financial health and making smart decisions with your money. We give common sense solutions to your complex problems. And now, here are the doctors. Well, John, as we're moving into summer here, you know, we actually have some positive things starting to happen. Sports. Actually, I watched a live event last week, Sports uh, Cornhole Championship. There you go. And it was oh, it was live. You know how I knew it was live? How's that? They had masks on. Okay. And that, that there, were no, there were no fans. So All right. it was two so, on two. and so they it's were, happening. They had social distancing. And uh, yeah, it was pretty exciting, man. I mean, Cornhole. I mean, well, there's only so much excitement you could have yeah. doing cornhole. Well, it's a but. step up from South Korean baseball. So we're okay. moving in the right direction. <clears throat> well, having said that, I mean, at least that was baseball. But yeah, we're moving in the right direction, no doubt. Um, we have yeah. I mean, golf we got we got up. we got a golf match coming up, a live match coming up Sunday. Sunday yeah, you know <clears throat> Dustin Johnson, I think Ricky Fowler, and uh, you know Matt Wolf and yeah. uh, Roy McIlroy. I mean, yeah. it's going to be a real deal on NBC Sports. And then so, the week after that, there's another match with Tiger and and um, and Phil and Phil. Yeah, yeah. and uh, Tom Brady and uh, Peyton, Peyton Manning. Yeah, that's going to be so real. We're getting there. That's and NASCARs this weekend. NASCAR this weekend. We're so. full of positive news here. <laughs> Things are turning around. <laughs> Stock market's been moving up a little bit. I mean, we we got some positive things going on here to talk about. You know, speaking of which, you know, the market is recovering and and people are scratching their head asking why. So uh, we got a great article about that. We're going to dig into it and just talk about some of the reasons why the market's going up. And you know, the obvious question is, is it going to continue? Mm-hmm. So we'll, we'll touch on that. Yeah, and we're not all about numbers here. With the money doctors, right? No. We have a softer side. We do have a softer we, side. There's been a lot of canceled plans, a lot of missed milestones. Uh, obviously, you know, the some of the destruction that's happened with the COVID-19, with uh, people losing their jobs and, and death and so forth, has been certainly traumatic. And, and a lot of people's personal lives have been impacted. And we're going to kind of talk about a, a therapy session today, Steve. We are. I got the tissues right here. No numbers on that segment. No, no numbers. numbers. We're talking it's all on the just soft side. Soft side. We we do have a soft side. But we're going to bring it. <laughs> we're going absolutely. It will be interesting. You'll want to hear the softer side of the the money doctors here. <laughs> By the way, I'm Steve Marber, and I'm a certified financial planner and a Dave Ramsey Smart Investor Pro with over 25 years experience providing financial planning and investment advice. And I'm John Travis. I'm a Dave Ramsey certified counselor. I have an MBA in finance and have been helping corporations and individuals with planning for over 27 years. We're excited to have you listen to us today on our weekly show, our podcast up every Friday afternoon. Yeah, check out our website, moneymd.net. We have a link to the podcast. You can listen to it from your computer. You can also download it. We have a lot of downloads uh, down there. People are probably walking, right, listening to us, uh, probably humming and whistling and so forth. So uh, go check that out. A lot of resources on the uh, the uh, webpage as well. Uh, Facebook, uh, MoneyMD, we have a weekly prescription of the week. It's a video. Go check that out also. Yeah, a lot of great ways to connect with us there. Um, but we're going to start off here with the financial fact of the week. Yeah, you know, one of the things, Steve, I think that's interesting um, when we go through a crisis for the country or the world, there's there's unintended or there's consequences that no one can predict. That's right. Unexpected <clears throat> Unexpected. Some of them are positive, some of them are negative. And this is just, a, you know, I take it for what it is, but this comes from the art and science group. And they said about 20% of about 500 high school seniors interviewed in mid-March of 2020, said they're they're definitely or most likely going to change their plans to attend a four-year college in the fall. Um, hmm. And, you yeah. know, I think, you know, the delivery of the educational product is 
is going to be changed forever based on this. Yeah, and I, I think really some of that needs to change. So this may be, you know, a positive catalyst to kind of force the university system to modernize and, and do more online and maybe make it more affordable. You know, yeah. I mean, that's what really needs to happen is make it more affordable. And that, you know, so they might have to trim down. I mean, I know, I know universities are hurting, mm-hmm. you know, because yeah. – because their enrollment is going to be down. I mean, it's, you know, online doesn't quite have the same appeal as it does in person to a young person. Sports revenues are going to be down. Sports revenues are going to be way yeah. down, yep. you know, because the, the gate fees for people coming to stadiums watching football are huge for universities. And, you know, they count on a lot of international students coming in paying full fare. Mm-hmm. For for tuition and that's going to hurt universities. So universities are going to there's going to be a shakeup at the education level. I think as a result of this, hopefully it'll turn out good. I don't know. I yeah. mean, it's obviously you know it's a bad, unfortunate statistics that you know some young people are are thinking about not going. Maybe or maybe they're going to tech school. Yeah, maybe they're but, just delaying I mean, it. I don't know. Maybe it'll. I mean, it may <laughs> change the delivery. I mean, again, there's going to be. So many things coming out of this that uh, it's just not going to be you know normal from where we've been. It doesn't mean it's going to be bad. It's just going to be a new normal. Right, right. But hopefully there'll be some good coming out of this, and it'll reorganize and and make uh, you know ultimately make make university college education yeah. more affordable, more efficient. That, yep. That's what I'm hoping. Yep. You know, but I agree. Uh, interesting statistic. Nonetheless, and speaking of interesting, you know, it's interesting that the stock market has recovered as much as it has. And everybody's scratching their head and yeah. saying, why? You know, what's the what's what's pushing the market up? And so this is based on an article from CNBC at a uh, Pippa Stevens very recently. Um, so, you know, I mean, there are a record number of Americans that have lost their job, yet stocks are moving higher, John. And, um, you know, it seems kind of paradoxical uh, to the average person out there, given the economic toil um, to say nothing of the emotional toll on millions of Americans across the country that have lost jobs. And while some, you know, say this is further indication that stock market has kind of become decoupled from reality, there are others that, you know, say there are clear reasons why stocks have rebounded and they continue to move higher. And, you know, we're we're one of those. I mean, we, we, we kind of aspire to that philosophy that there are some good reasons and so we're going to talk about some of those but for ones though the the jobs data in and of itself is backward looking um the april figures which saw a record you know 20 million people lose their jobs and i think it's about 33 million right now Mm -hmm. you know for unemployed um that that's you know that is um that's kind of looking backwards it's not really looking forward right and since then, economies have begun to reopen despite more infections and job losses in May. Um, there's still a long way to go, of course, but the market is discounting what's been going on um, <clears throat> and what's happening. And it's looking at what is happening six months from now, you know, when most states will be getting back to business. That's really what the markets are focused on. Yeah, and people are also pointing out a lot of the losses have been concentrated in the leisure and hospitality sector. and you know, that underperformance has overshadowed the strength in some other areas of the market. And, you know, the government and the Federal Reserve certainly have been providing, um, you know, a lot of uh, backing with stimulus. And uh, some argue that once businesses do get back up and running, the recovery is going to be swift because all of the, the monetary policies that are going on behind the scenes. Yeah, that's right. And while the debate, you know, among health experts about how and when economies should be reopening, 
is ongoing. Most states have already started easing the shelter-in-place measures. Over half the states, including Florida, Georgia, South Carolina, have begun their Phase 1 reopenings this month. Um, California began the latest state to lift some of its precautionary measures um, with certain low-risk retailers allowing to be allowed to reopen. And a large swath of the northeastern states are beginning to to ease their stay-at-home restrictions on May the 15th, the Sunday. So, you know, there's a lot that's been changing. And the markets, they kind of know, I mean, they know the job losses are self-inflicted due to the widespread shutdowns. So now that we're beginning the reopening process, the market assumes that many of these people will hopefully get hired back over the coming months and quarters. And additionally, 78% of those who lost their jobs in April said that they were furloughed, meaning that the unemployment, uh, in theory, will be temporary. Um, so all of that's being factored into the market, you know, and this is an, un, an important distinction to make because that gives um, or that suggests that the recovery will be faster um, if those people are going to be rehired. Um, so if job losses are concentrated in this furlough area, then it would increase the scope and the more rapid uh, labor recovery when the economy eventually rebounds because employers can can be recalled <clears throat> back to their previous jobs um, as they've already started to do here in Georgia and South mm-hmm. Carolina. Yeah, and you know, at first the market sell-off was certainly broad in, in nature. If you go back into uh, into March, a lot of uncertainty surrounding the coronavirus um, sent the the major averages tumbling into bear market territory on its fastest pace on record. But since then, I mean, the divide between the winners and losers has certainly widened. I mean, unsurprisingly, stocks most exposed uh, to the threat, including hotels and airlines, uh, they've continued to trade lower. But there's some other names out there, um, some large tech companies that have uh, have done very, very well. And some of them, as a matter of fact, have come to all-time highs. So the, uh, you know, the major indexes, if you look at the S&P 500, uh, the NASDAQ, the Dow Jones, they've all bounced more than 30% um, since the low on March the 23rd. Now, there's still a ways to to go to get back up to where it was, but uh, it's it's been a, an amazing run, really, in a very short period of time. It really has. It really has. Um, it, it, it has been, but that is not atypical of of recoveries, you know, in a, in a bear market. Um, but the U.S. consumer has proven to be the economic engine of the last decade. And investors who are buying heavily in the stock market, they believe that the behavioral changes really are unlikely to create a dislocation in demand long term, um, longer than just a couple quarters. And as the, the, the virus kind of wreaks havoc on the markets, governments and central banks around the world have stepped up efforts to profit prices. And in March, you know, President Trump signed uh, the uh, CARES Act into uh, law, you know, which was a $2 trillion federal stimulus program. And, you know, meanwhile, the Federal Reserve has announced it would engage in uh, kind of really unlimited asset purchases. Um, So while the collapse in the economic activity is historic, so too is the global policy response to cushion the impact of that and support the recovery as the containment measures have been have been relaxed. So analysts estimate that the impact of the federal easing both in rates and credit more than compensate for the temporary hit to corporate earnings when they're valuing the U.S. market 
um, and discounting wow, earnings. That's interesting. It is interesting. That's uh, I haven't I haven't seen that uh, stated anywhere, but right. uh, that's it's amazing the amount of money they put into the into the economy, and as part of the stimulus measure uh, that you know the Federal Reserve. In March, put interest rates near zero, and uh, as at the central bank's most recent meeting at the end of April, it basically said it's going to keep those rates um, low until the economy recovers. And you know this supports economic activity since it makes borrowing money much cheaper. Interest rates uh, are going to be extremely low, um, probably for a pretty long period of time. And that does provide support to equity prices as well, because most people, when you're trying to figure out what are you going to do with your money, if you're going to make zero or get a dividend yield, um, you know, some people make that trade off. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So, you know, amid the uncertainty, um, this lady, Kate Moore, who's the head of the strategic uh, uh, strategy for BlackRock's global allocation team, said that it's important for investors to look beyond the noise. She believes the market is moving higher due to three reasons, the slowing rate of infection, the gradual reopening of the state's economies, and the improving relations between the U.S. and China for in terms of trade. Um, so, you know, we need to continue to get the government and the policy support in order to move the markets forward, she says, and um, for us not just to be reacting to some slightly incremental better uh, news flow, but to something that's more fundamentally driven. And while many, uh, you know, unknowns remain, I mean, the path forward is far from certain, you know, uh, famed investors are quick to note that the U.S. has bounced back before and it's it's probably going to do it again. It certainly will do it again. Um, You know, in recessions, I mean, markets typically recover before people really believe and understand the reasons why. I mean, it appears that it's going to be no different this time. You know, there were. You know, those in 2009, if you remember, John, who said that um, we were headed into the double dip recession and the recovery was far, you know, premature. Um, You know, so it's not surprising there are people here this time as well that believe that this is is not a real start to a recovery. Um, Of course, there's always that possibility. But history shows that this is usually the way it looks whenever markets start to recover. The markets take this rapid kind of unexpected surge forward, then they begin um, kind of a slower climb back to new highs over time. And people usually question recovery as irrational exuberance, you know, until economic numbers start to improve. And what people don't often understand is that the stock market is, is part of what helps the economy to recover. I mean, those improving 401k balances and other investments, they begin to give people confidence again to go back and start spending money so the stock market is driving the economy, not vice versa, in a lot of cases in these recoveries. So that, in turn, stimulates the economy. So it's really not that complicated, but it is unexpected. Yeah, and there's there's obviously a lot of uncertainty still with the recovery and the uh, virus infections. And, you know, I think, um, Steve, over the next weeks and months, I mean, it's not going to be, a um, you know, just a, a straight-up market. It's no, going to still be a lot not. of volatility. There's going to be negative news coming out. I mean, a, a rapid resurgence in infections, it could derail the reopening uh, of the economy and the market recovery. Um, but um, we really haven't seen that in a lot of countries. I mean, there's certainly been pockets of new infections, for the, but for the most part, in China and South Korea, they've remained open and any new outbreaks have been contained. 
um, as isolated uh, quarantines have um, quarantines have been set up. So you know, that seems to be the course we're on as well. And again, we're not trying to predict anything here. Uh, we just know that, I mean, at some point there is going to be the medical, I mean, I'm reading a lot of stuff. I know you are as well. The medical folks are working nonstop on this. There will be a solution yeah. to this. Oh, yeah. Um, and it, we will get back to s- somewhat normal. We don't know when. Right. Yeah, it's just going to take some time, you know, and I mean, a lot of people point to the testing and say that's inadequate. Um, and it certainly, though, is much faster, more widely available than it was even a month ago. In fact, it's doubled at, from around 120,000 per day a month ago to over a quarter million per day now. Um, so with that kind of availability of testing, it seems that any new outbreaks can be located and isolated much more quicker than they were before. And so that gives most analysts a lot of confidence that we won't see a major relapse into the shutdown mode. But, you know, nobody knows. Time will tell. Um, But, you know, we'll end here with a quote from Warren Buffett. He says, you know, nothing can basically stop America. Um, The American miracle, the American magic has always prevailed and it will do so again. I agree. Yeah, I do. I do. I like that optimistic attitude that Mr. Buffett takes. He's a pretty smart guy. He, he's done pretty well over time, <laughs> no doubt. So, all right, and that leads us up here to the question of the week. Yeah, we get these questions occasionally, and uh, this question is about having trouble paying uh, the mortgage bill, and uh, what do you suggest? And and if it's a um, you know government loan, Fannie Mae loan, you have access to something called a forbearance plan. And uh, you can reduce or suspend for up to 12 months. Um, they're not doing away with your payment. They're just going to modify the loan. So regardless of what situation, whether you're talking about a mortgage or a credit card or rent or whatever, reach out to the landlord. We've talked about this before. Everyone is going through this. There's not many people in the economy that have not been impacted some way. People realize that this is um, you know, hopefully going to be a temporary situation, and they're working with um, you know, the, the customers and the vendors and so forth. So that's a pretty good program though. Yeah. The federally backed loans, um, you know, you can qualify for 180 day forbearance. So six months forbearance, you either pay a lump sum, you can, uh, at the end to, to, to make catch up with the missed payments, or you can spread it out over time, or you can tack it onto the end and basically pay another six months of payments at the end of your loan. Yep. So you got some options of federally backed loan, but even if it's not, like you said, you should go back to your lender and and ask for some help and some forbearance, and a lot of them will work with you because they certainly don't want to go through some kind of foreclosure in today's mm-hmm. today's world. So good, good uh, question. And that leads us up here to our next topic, and that is dealing with the disappointments of canceled plans, missed milestones. Yeah, this is by uh, Dr. John Deloney. He's, uh, I'm not sure if he's affiliated with the Ramsey organization. I, I did listen to the podcast and listen to he, he and Dave field questions from folks. Very smart guy. And I mean, let's put this in perspective, right? People are, are have lost their jobs, lost their businesses. Um, people are dying from this. Um, so there are some, certainly sure. some very serious consequences. And then there's some other things which um, are not as important, but important to people, celebrations, sporting events. I mean, I know, you know, we're talking about football and hearing about all that. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, sporting events being canceled, you know, is minor, right? I mean, it's an inconvenience and so forth. Obviously there are people that are impacted by that. Uh, millions and millions of people have lost their jobs. 
um, you know, there's been grandmas that haven't been able to hold their, their grandbabies and so forth. And, you know, our toilet paper supply chain has been interrupted, right? You hear that? That's, as a, Yeah, that's really sad, but it can I, be. you know, like I said, told Kathy, you know, I got some, a lot of rags out in the workshop. You can work around that. <laughs> Careful. <laughs> Careful. And, uh, you know, I think that for me, um, the, the people that are passing away that are having to um, distance, social distance and not have funerals, it's a time people come together. I think that's a very difficult situation. That's so a terrible situation. Yeah. So, you know, gr- grieving what we've lost is, is what this guy is, is saying is OK. I mean, your know, pe- proms are being canceled. You know, graduation ceremonies are being pushed out and canceled. Weddings are being pushed back, maybe called off as well. Even, Steve, the 2020 Badminton Open Championships are canceled. I know that's really disappointing to you. Ouch, but, um, yeah. I missed that one, John. Yeah. You know, but, but there are some sports I am very, very sad about. I know, you know you are. You know, they canceled the players and the Masters and, you know, so, yeah. Well, they I mean, postponed the Masters, so. It's postponed. It's true. Right. So everything has its perspective, right? I yep. mean, but sports are sports. And, you know, some of these are really serious issues, but um, so, yeah, I mean, a loss of these cultural milestones is significant. It is real. Um, you know, they're long journeys like academic programs, religious experiences, weddings, um, and, and the need for emotional emotional release <laughs> of the final that, ceremony. <laughs> it's hard for me to get in touch with this, John. <laughs> I'm not the emotional type. But, yeah, that emotional release, the final ceremony, you know, that that's what you need. That's yeah. what we all need here. And, um, you know, they've been taken away from us. I mean, these events, the more recurring ones like concerts, church services, they form the foundation of our communities. No wonder you know, it feels like things are being torn apart from us. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I know. Well, we're all grieving, you know, these big things and small things, just like everybody else. But seriously, though, I, I say that a little tongue-in-cheek, but births and deaths, very, very serious. Yeah. You know, to miss those, obviously not be able to celebrate those or grieve properly. Um, but I think some of these other things, we have to keep it in perspective. Yeah. I tell you, my, my grandmother passed away two years ago, and I was talking with my mom, and, and <clears throat> we're so— fortunate and you know we're glad she's not having to go through being in a nursing home i think that would be very challenging to have a loved one in a nursing home and not being able to provide that emotional support and you know yeah well i mean my mom is in assisted living i can say personally you know i haven't been able to see her in two months yeah i'm gonna see her first time this coming week i get porch time for 20 minutes with her all right wearing a mask you know over six feet apart yeah and we only get like 20 minutes once a week or something so i'm gonna go Go do that. So I'm really looking forward to that, you know. But, yeah, yeah. I haven't seen my mom in yeah. two months. But I have talked to her on the phone, yeah. you know, quite a bit. So you've been asking this question all week on this. Is Steve, how, you know, John, how should we respond to this disappointment? I'm glad you asked that, Steve, because yeah, I'm going to give you six steps here. Six, I guess there good. Are, there I, are six I need some steps. help dealing with this, John. I yeah. really do. I appreciate that. So, I mean, you know, these are important. Mm-hmm. And the first one is, is you got to give your give yourself permission to grieve. It's okay to be upset. Good. Right? I, yeah. I mean, I, I need a hard cry. Every now and then, it's okay. Every now and then, I do. It's okay to be angry. <clears throat> it is. It is. So, yeah, the first one is give yourself permission to grieve. And I'll add to this, but keep it in perspective, okay? Yeah. Um, you know, so don't try to gloss over your numb feelings. Um, you know, name them, feel them, be angry. Have a hard cry if that's that's what helps you. You know, but <laughs> if you're saddened by the grief of a loss of a loved one, I mean, by all means. I mean, my goodness. That, that, that is, is tough. That is very, very serious to have that happen in this situation where you can't properly grieve and, you know, be with your family. So, but, you know, write your lost family members letters. Stay connected to your community. 
you know, get virtually plugged in to your church or group. You know, so, I mean, do what you can do um, to to mitigate that circumstance. You know, connect and talk about your loss with your close friends. Um, FaceTime, grab a glass of wine, as he says, you know, let them let them know you're sad. You know, hear their losses. Talk sit, about it, yeah. Sit in your grief, <clears throat> talk about it, <clears throat> um, but don't bathe in don't it. Don't bathe in You know, no. and then make a plan, you know, for being courageous. Yeah. You know, I mean, <laughs> so... Just yeah, I mean, talk about it. Right? Talk about it. I think it is. It, it can be serious, but also keep it in perspective. Sometimes I think you know we we do get a little yeah a little you know wrapped up in in it's all about me and I get the I missed my vacation or I missed you know being with my girlfriend. You That's know? right. That's You'll right. have other times, and it's okay to give other people permission to grieve and support them. And you know, the pain is real, and you know, be kind and gracious, and um, you know. That's the second one. The third one here on the list is kind of what you were just saying. You know, don't compare your grief to someone else, someone else's, right? I mean, it just, you know, uh, who's worse off? You end up getting stuck in an endless cycle of, hey, I had to cancel the birthday party, but uh, then I lost, you know, my job. And you kind of go down that cycle of comparing your grief to someone else's. It, it doesn't work to do that. So just focus on your grief and the, your loved ones and um you know writing down your thoughts is another option yeah, i mean you write them down in a journal <clears throat> you know seeing your feelings on paper um that can allow you to stop you know the spinning cycle in your head and become manageable you know it takes away some of their power and gives you much more needed space between your emotions and your ability to think you know so so yeah write them down yeah that's good and talk about them yeah, talk about them. Uh, yeah. Creativity. Um, another fifth one here on the list is push your creativity into overdrive. And certainly the COVID-19 crisis has given us an opportunity to get creative. Uh, allows us to reimagine what uh, prom, holiday services, family time, special gatherings might look like. I mean, I've seen stories about, you know, dads doing prom night for their daughter. You know, yeah, and I've seen that. That's making really, a big deal. Yeah, yeah. I think that's that's been touching. I've seen some videos. Of yeah, that. it's pretty it's cool. Uh, grandkids and, uh, you know, you're going to have probably Zoom um, with grandparents and great, great idea. Yeah, Zoom weddings and so forth. So yeah. Yeah, there's creative ways of. Of doing things, I know here at the office we've been using Zoom a lot, and never really did a before. Lot. So it's right. changing some yeah, things yeah. for us, and some of that's for the positive for sure. You know, yeah. I think a Zoom wedding's cool. You know, you can always celebrate, have the real event, you know, in yeah. person later. But you can still get married. You can do the Zoom wedding, and then you know, pick it up in six months and have a real celebration. Um, but uh, so there are other ways of doing that. But you know, choose optimism. I like this one. I, I like this one. Yeah, this yeah. is the one I like because I'm a positive person generally. Focus on the positives. Um, you know, Viktor Frankl said, <clears throat> um, everything can be taken from a man, but one thing, the last of the human freedoms, to choose one's attitude in any given set of circumstances. Um, so we choose optimism. You know, we, 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 we get to choose to look for the beauty in the rubble. We get to choose to be the kind, kind to our neighbors, to be gracious to our coworkers, um, we must not allow pessimism, loss, grief to become our identity. Um, you know, these are unquestionably difficult times, but we do get to decide how we respond to them. And the same thing with people. You get mm -hmm. to decide how you respond to people in difficult <clears throat> situations. So focus on the positives. 
it can always be much, much worse. Yeah, I mean, I think I think back, and I don't know why it just popped in my mind, but John McCain, when he was, uh, um, you know, he was a POW. Yeah. You know, he had to stay positive. He had nothing, right? And he was yeah, able he was to get through terrible. that from a mental yeah. standpoint. So, you know, joy and optimism are a choice. Um, you can you can choose uh, to to view this as a learning opportunity. I know it's been difficult on everyone, and certainly um, not everything's been canceled out there. There are some things that are that are. Uh, uh, have changed certainly, and we certainly don't mean to downplay, you know, the uh, job losses and you know some of these emotional events are, are very important. But um, you know, look for optimism, look for uh, positive things coming out of, of your situation, and um, you know, it's uh, the financial piece of this is very difficult, but the emotional piece is as well. I know there's been a lot of um, you know, there's been uptick in calls on suicide lines and so forth. So there are a lot of people that are struggling. Um, with this, and it just has, has added on another, you know, difficulty in their life. Yeah, it has. It has been a tough situation for a lot of people, and you know, we don't belittle that at all. But you know, if you can take the positive, focus on the positive, you know, and work through this, and keep it in perspective. And uh, those are all good suggestions. Okay, all right, and that leads us up here to our last item, and that is the prescription of the week. Yeah, part of the CARES Act, and I think we've covered this before, but uh, the required minimum distribution this year has been um, uh, you can defer it. You don't have to take it. If you don't need it, we would recommend you probably deferring it to 2021. Um, you know, let your account recover. It's, Absolutely. It's one of those things. I mean, 2019 was a high-level uh, balance and then the markets, you know, obviously went through a bear market. So RMDs are are um, are waived this year. You don't have to take it if you're you know, if you're over that um, seventy uh, seventy two now age, uh, you can bypass it. Well, even for inherited IRAs, mm-hmm. if you're under that, and you have right. an inherited IRA. Um, you know, I just learned this past week that yes, there were some of those circumstances too. So if you don't need it, delay that. Yeah, you know, skip this year, leave it alone, let it recover. Avoid the taxes. You can defer those taxes till till later. So that's a great tool. So keep that in mind. No RMDs this year if you don't need to take it. All right. That brings us to a close for this week's edition of Money MD. Tune in next week for more prescriptions for your financial health. Check us out on our website, moneymd.net. And let us know if you have any questions. You can reach us at Richard Young Associates at 706-739-0725. Thanks for listening. Have a great rest of the week. Have a good one. This program contains general information only and should not be taken as specific investment, tax, or legal advice. This broadcast is not a solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security. SmartVestor Pro is not connected to investment returns. Further information is available by contacting Richard Gang Associates, a registered investment advisor. 